we just want to thoroughly saturate areas with the reality of God. I mean, the transcendent God, the God that's far above and beyond. Not the little guy in the frame, but, you know, eternal father on the throne. We want to stress the preeminence of Christ Jesus, the God-man. It's been said that you can't be so heavenly minded that you're of no earthly good. Yeah, well, I'd like to present to some and introduce to others the Lord Jesus the Christ. The epitome of being heavenly minded and of earthly good. You know what I'm saying? Now you tell me who's the man. Who's the man? You know who's the man. Tell me who's the man. Tell your friends who's the man. Never in my life have I been more excited to do a podcast, a solo podcast at that. Never, ever, 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 ever in my life. Um, I am excited to tell you about this man that we call Jesus. Uh, that uh, in Hebrew terms will be called Yeshua, Yeshua. Um, multiple ways to pronounce it, but... Uh, I'm just overjoyed and super excited to break this all down to you. Um, I've been contemplating this for a couple of months, and here we are. And uh, got a lot to talk about, got a lot to get into. I I can't tell you how excited I am about this. And so let's get into it. Let's do all the formalities and all of that type of stuff so that we can get into this. Got a lot to cover. So I don't know, man. I'm just super excited. So hello. I'll say hello. Um, This is Keith Roberson and you are listening to I Pray This Helps. We are in season two officially, episode 11. Um, And we are starting a new series, our first series ever. Lies. Forgive me. It's not our first series. This is our first series of the second season. Um, and we're going to call it um, properly apropos named Who's the Man? Um, just want to allow you guys to know who he is and who Jesus is and not just not just who we believe he is, but who God says that he is. And I am so, my goodness, I'm just so excited. So without any further ado, um, hello, glad to be here. Let's get into it. Um, so why, um, so as you know, if you don't know, we're starting in the book of John. Now you might ask of all books, Keith, why John? Um, well, John for multiple reasons. Um, uh, and let, let, let's break it down like this. There are four Gospels, and Gospel means good news. I got to calm down. I am super excited. Um, gospel, the Gospel means good news, okay? And, but more than that, a lot of, everybody knows that. Everybody knows that the Gospel means good news. But what people don't know is, um, properly translated, Gospel means even more than just good news. It means good news that is almost too good to be true. It's like so it like the news is so good that it's I almost can't believe it. And so but that's just exactly how good news the good news is. <laughs> it's it's the best news that you can ever possibly get. And yes, you can be assured that you can believe it. And my goal is not to persuade you of this. My goal is to share this good news with you. And um, so we're starting in John because John is one of the Gospels. Um, there are four Gospels in the Bible. Um, uh, but John is very special in the fact that... Um, and we'll get into it, but John takes a more personal and intimate approach in sharing with you um, the ministry of Jesus Christ. Um, John comes from a more um, personal place as John was one of the beloved disciples. In fact, John was 
uh, and he would call himself, John gives himself the moniker in the book of John, quote unquote, the one who Jesus loved. Um, it's not to say that Jesus didn't love any other of the other disciples. It was to say that Jesus loved him the most. And but it's John saying that, so you know you, he he can be. I guess you can call him biased in a sense. Um, they all had their own personal relationship with Jesus, um, and have currently have their own personal relationship with Jesus. Um, but I'm getting off topic and off kilter. Um, so let me just read from my notes um, that I have prepared so heavily over these past couple of months. Um, as I've said, uh, there are four Gospels. John is the last of the Gospels. He he gives his account of Jesus's life and slash not even life, but ministry um, last. He gives it around 90 A.D. So this is well after all the other disciples or people that have written gospels have written their gospels. John gives his account last and he gives it for a very specific reason. And we'll get into that um, a little bit later, not too far along, but we'll get into that in a second. But uh, the first three gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and they are what we would call synoptic gospels where, um, they're pretty much given around the same account from different perspectives. Um, again, John comes from a whole different um, arena and comes from a whole different um, framework where, you know, they're, they're telling you some one of the Gospels is, is letting you know that um, Jesus, all the prophecies about the Messiah are true. Jesus fulfilled these prophecies. Another gospel is sharing about how um, Jesus is the law. I mean, Jesus is the fulfillment of the law. And, you know, yet another one is doing another thing. John is coming from the perspective of, look, I know what they all said. They're all right. But let me hit you with this right here. Jesus is God. Point blank period. Jesus is the son of God and he is fully human, but yet fully God. Jesus is God in the flesh. And as a believer, this is something that is paramount. As a Christian, this is something that you cannot miss. As a Christian, this is something that you cannot look over or snark at. As a Christian, as a believer, as someone who puts your lot on Jesus Christ, um, the one to save your soul, um, you cannot just gloss over this. This is super duper uber important. If Jesus is not God, what are we doing? Okay, so we're definitely going to get into that. But he was much more than that. Can you imagine that? Jesus being God, but being much more than that. Can you imagine that? My goodness. So... Yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so let's give an overview of John. Let's start with a little history. I might give more as time progresses and like, you know, to clue you in on some stuff so that you can understand stuff better because there's a lot happening. Um, keep in mind that these books that we will be reading um, in the Bible, they're not just even though that it's super important, the most important thing that they is that they are scripture, but they're not just scriptures, they're historical books. So they give historical accounts of real live actual events. And they're giving these events around very pivotal times in history. So very important. Um, Jesus came at a very special time in history. Got to understand this. In Galatians, it says that when the fulfillment of time came, God brought forth his only son, born of a virgin. So here we go. Jesus was born at a time when the Greek language was spread all over the world. Here's why. Here's why that's important. That being said, it gave everyone in the world access to the scriptures. So it gave everyone access to what the Jews have written down in the Torah, if you will, basically, essentially the Old Testament. And I'm um, just a quick aside, which is super important footnote. 
Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. Jesus is the fulfillment of everything that Moses was teaching. Jesus was the fulfillment of everything that the prophets were prophesying about. So uh, if you're listening to anyone that says, oh, I don't read the Old Testament because the Old Testament has passed away, they are missing a big chunk of the gospel. They are missing a big chunk of what... um Jesus is for and what he's about. Um, in order to fully understand as much as we can humanly fully understand, um, and what, with what God has given us at the moment, um, you need the Old Testament. They go hand in hand. Okay. Um, so anybody that's saying we don't read the Old Testament has passed away. Uh, you got to get a new church, okay? Um, I'm telling you that right now. Super important. He's the fulfillment. Can't stress that enough. Um, and we will, we will believe me, even in this episode, we are going to go back to the Old Testament to reference the New Testament because Jesus is the fulfillment of Moses' teachings. Um, so, uh, yeah, that being said, it gave everyone in the world access to the scriptures. Um as again, I'll run this over again. There are four books called the Gospels. The first three are synoptic Gospels. John is unique as it gives a personal account of Jesus with an up close and more intimate understanding. Um, John can do that because he was one of the beloved and he was the one who Jesus loved. Um, there are two heresies that John is directly speaking against in this gospel. Okay, this is super important. He's speaking against two heresies. But before I tell you the heresies, we have to first understand what heresies are. So what is a heresy, Keith? A heresy is simply put a belief or opinion contrary to Christian doctrine. Um, what is doctrine, Keith? Doctrine is um, truth. Doctrine is um, what we believe, something that we go off of to um, understand what is being said in Scripture, what is being communicated in Scripture, thus um, enabling us to see theology from, I'm giving this elaborate <laughs> definition, doctrine is uh, a system of teachings um, by a way that we can view um, Christianity. Okay? Thank you, Lord. Okay. Um, uh, so, um, here are the two heresies. There's Gnosticism and Arianism. So John, at, at this time, John wrote this in Asia Minor. And at the time he was dealing with, or the Christian faith was fighting against these two different heresies that spoke directly against, not one against the, the, the humanity of Jesus and one against the deity of Jesus. So, Again, it's super important to understand that Jesus is not only a man, but he is God. And he's both of those equally. He's 100% man and 100% God. And we will definitely get into this this episode. I will hold you ado no longer outside of this episode. Okay. Um, uh, so what, what was I saying? Yes. Um, Gnosticism and Arianism. So Keith, what is Gnosticism? I will tell you. Gnosticism, a prominent heretical movement of the second century Christian church, partly of a pre-Christian origin. Gnostic doctrine taught that the world was created and ruled by a lesser divinity, the Demiurge, and that Christ was an emissary of the remote supreme divine being, esoteric knowledge or gnosis of whom enabled the redemption of the human spirit. What does that mean? I have no clue. So we'll find a more layman's termsy uh, description. It's, it, and it reads, Gnosticism says that humans are divine souls trapped in the ordinary physical or material world. They say that the world was made by an imperfect spirit. The imperfect spirit is thought to be the same as the God of Abraham. Some Gnostic groups saw Jesus as sent by the supreme being to bring Gnosis to the earth. Mm. And if you're not a Christian, this sounds super enticing. If you are a Christian, this might sound enticing. And it might sound... 
you know, I could I could see why someone would believe this, but this is horrible doctrine, and I promise you. Um, and we won't get into it. I don't have to debunk it by just debunking it and with, like, sheer logic or anything like that. Truth needs no belief, and truth needs no defense, because truth is truth, okay? So, no Gnosticism? No, sir. So, the other heresy is Arianism. And what is Arianism? Let's find out. Arianism, an influential heresy denying the divinity of Christ, originating with the Alexandrian priest Arius. Arianism maintained that the Son of God was created by the Father and was therefore neither co-eternal with the Father nor consubstantial. Okay, so it's basically saying that, um, yeah, Jesus wasn't God. Jesus wasn't divine. It was saying that uh, Jesus was just a man, and but he was created by God. So he was the Son of God, but he wasn't eternal like God was eternal. So therefore, he couldn't be God, and he couldn't exist. He wasn't eternal at all. That's what they were saying. That's what Arianism is. Jesus was a man, basically, and man created by God. But why would that make Jesus any different from any of us? That cannot be good for us if Jesus was a man created by God, surely. And we will definitely delve into that. So enough with these heresies. I've had enough. Let's get into some other stuff. This is exactly why John wrote the book of John. This is why John wrote the gospel according to John. Um, it reads in John chapter 20, verse 31, we, we're jumping all the way to the end. It, it's like reading, well, I mean, it's exactly like that. We're reading the book at the end so that you can know what happens at the end. Not to worry. I will not leave you alone. I will leave you a comforter. You may get that at, at a later time. But okay, John chapter 20, verse 31 says, but these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life by the power of his name. That's why John wrote John, so that you can continue to believe and that you can believe that Jesus is the Christ. Okay, so we will not be fooled by these heresies. And as an apologist, I am prone to... Um, Look at the facts and debunk things. So as we go through this, I may do so. I may veer off a little bit. If you're into that, great. If you're not, um, I would say don't be thrown off by it. Don't be mad at it. Understand that a faith that has no facts um, tied to it is not a good faith at all. <laughs> you know, I, it would be one thing if, if God just left us and said, yo, just believe. And it's like, yo, you left no signs that you were here. It's not, even, this isn't a factual thing or anything like that, as some people believe, but it's not true at all. Um, uh, but you know, you, sh you should take joy in the fact that you have a faith that is backed up with facts point blank period. And that, uh, um, side note, the Bible is, you know, where people like to, uh, discredit the Bible and they say, oh, the Bible's full of fairy tales. If you would know that the Bible is the most geographically accurate book, ancient book ever, um, and that, uh, the Bible is, uh, the most historical book ever, um, where people are pulling facts from. I remember, um, there was one time, um, there was one account where, well, many there's been many accounts where people have tried to debunk the Bible, and the Bible wins quite often, very often, all the time. I would say um, they were saying like uh, the the river, not the river Jordan. There, there's a pool in in the Book of John that we're going to read about, and they were saying like, look, there's no evidence that this pool was ever here. There's no evidence that this pool was ever here, and they were digging one day, and boom, they found the pool. Um, the Bible is the Bible, man. The Bible is incredible. And one of these things that you'll just come to find as if you stick around long enough, you'll just come to find that the Bible is is, is so dope. It's, it's the truth. So there's more to 
unpack before we can get into this. So sorry, but bear with me. You'll you'll appreciate me for this, I promise. If you already don't, you'll appreciate me for this. Don't worry. As I said, we're going to start from the beginning. We're going to start from the ground up. We are going to start with the chief cornerstone, who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, And yes, I will speak to you as if you are a believer. I will assume that you are a believer um, because that is where my faith lies. My faith lies on the fact, on the idea that um, if you are not currently a believer and that you are listening to this, that God brought you here and led you to this link and led you to this podcast for the specific purpose of making him, making you one of his own. And so, Yes, I will speak to you as if you are a babe in Christ as we mature and grow in this thing, which is which is what we like to call Christianity, um, which is what I would like to call a relationship with Jesus Christ, which is an ongoing, ongoing relationship. Um, it never ends. It just continues, um, which is so beautiful. Um, but yes, we are going to start from the bottom up so that we can have a great, great, great understanding of who he is and who he's made himself known to us. He's made himself known to us. And it's just so amazing. Why not take advantage of this gift? Um, so with that said, I know I said that we're going to start in John. We kind of are starting. We are starting in John. But in order to start in John. Let's start in Genesis, okay? Here we go. Let's read Genesis chapter 1. And if you know your Bible, you know why. If you know your Bible a little bit, you know why. If you don't, you will understand really quickly why we're starting in Genesis. Outside of Genesis actually meaning the beginning. (laughs) In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning one day. Then God said, Let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters, and let it separate the waters from the waters. God made the expanse and separated the waters which were below the expanse from the waters which were above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse heaven, and there was evening and there was morning a second day. And God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear, and it was so. God called the dry land earth, and the gathering of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the earth sprout vegetation, plants yielding seed, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit after their kind with seeds in them. And it was so. The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning a third day. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and lesser light to govern the night. He made the stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. There was evening and there was morning, a fourth day. Then God said, let the earth teem with swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth in the open expanse of the heavens. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the water swarmed after their kind, and every winged bird after its kind, and God saw that it was good. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the waters in the seas, and let birds multiply on the earth. There was evening and there was morning, a fifth day. Then God said, 
Let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind, cattle and creeping things, and beasts of the earth after their kind. And it was so. God made the beasts of the earth after their kind, and the cattle after their kind, and everything that creeps on the ground after its kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth and every tree which has fruit yielding seed. It shall be food for you. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Let's pray as we begin. Father, um, I thank you, Lord, for this time to share your truth and to share your word with anyone who is willing to listen. Your word says that he who has an ear, let him hear. So I pray right now, Lord, as we get ready to delve into your word, that you open the eyes of our hearts, allow us to see you. I pray that you would open your word up as we have already opened up the 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 graphe and i pray that you would do more than that and open up the logos and the logos and then go above and beyond and then drop down your rhema word on us lord god that i essentially mean lord god would you reveal yourself to us through your scriptures as you would as you love to do um but allow us to receive what it is that you have for us in this time. Um, give me the words to say. Um, don't give me the words that I shouldn't say. Allow me to decrease so that you might increase and that uh, um, anybody listening to this would become not just readers of your word, but um, doers also. I pray that for myself as well. Lord, um, anoint us afresh. Give us a fresh anointing as we go through and journey through the book of John that you have given us. We love and praise you and glorify you. We thank you for being with us. It is in your precious son, Jesus' name we pray. Amen. That's what we need if we gon' properly teach. If we gon' seek and we gon' properly reach. Yeah, that's what we need if we gon' carry our growth. If we gon' effectively disciple the host. That's what we need if we don't walk up in holiness and boldness and meek and lowliness. That's what we need in this race we running. Proper lessons as we wait for his second coming. Alright, so God creates all of these things. Um, and he's using... I'm getting ahead of myself. God creates all of these things in the beginning of time. Um, and he saw that all these things were good. Um, moving a little bit along in chapter three. Um, so man came along. You read that in chapter one. God created all of these things in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. Um, one of these days, he creates man, and he creates man in his own image. Um, he creates Adam, what we would know him to be as Adam. He was the first Adam. Um, so he, he creates Adam, and subsequently, you know the story, believer, unbeliever alike, you know the story. Um, Eve takes a fruit. A lot of people say apple. We don't know it wasn't if it wasn't apple. It just says fruit. It more than likely wasn't an apple. Some people say it was a pomegranate, the forbidden fruit. We don't know what it was. It just says fruit. So Eve eats of the fruit that God told her not to eat from. God gave Adam that um, that uh, mandate to not eat from it. She knew not to eat from it. 
she ate from it. The serpent tricked her. No less, she ate from it. So long that that in it, in and of itself is pretty deep because um, it's a lack of trust. So she decided to, you know, the enemy, which you know the the enemy possessed the the serpent and was like, look, whatever God is telling you, he's not. It's not true. He's lying to you. And isn't that how we view sin always? Like we just like we think that God is withholding something from us. That's what sin is. That's what the act of sin is. It's like, nope, God is not telling the truth. Um, um, this is not going to fulfill me, whatever he has for me. I, they had access to all of this stuff, all of these other things in the garden, and they still chose the one thing. There was only one thing that they couldn't eat from, but they, they chose that anyway because um, the lack of, you know, they decided to not trust God in this moment. Um, and it cost them and it cost us dearly, um, because we are descendants of Adam and Eve. And so that created the disconnect between God and man, but being the awesome God that God is and being the God of love that God is, God decided to, from the very beginning to create, um, a way to get back to him if we would so choose. And that is who Jesus is. He is the bridge. He is literally the bridge between God and man. Okay? Which makes more sense why Jesus is the God man. He's the bridge between God and man. So, with that said, here we are. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the word was God. Already, you see the juxtaposition between Genesis chapter 1, that beginning, and this new beginning that we currently have and will forever have. Um, Jesus is, in a very in a very minuscule term, Jesus is the reset button, if you will. Jesus is the ultimate cheat code. Um, we have begun anew. Yes, we are now under a new covenant because of Jesus. So whereas um, um, Adam, Adam, as we know him, was the first Adam, Jesus is what we would call the second Adam. Jesus is widely known as the second Adam. So whatever Adam jacked up, Jesus is fixing now, starting now in John 1. Also, quick aside, no, never mind. It's, 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 I'm trying to convince this. Well, I'll tell you another time. Okay, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So many times in the Bible, not in the Bible, many times you'll hear Jehovah's Witness say Jesus is not God. In, in their Bible, in the New World Translation, it it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was a God. And it, so it adds that little subject, A, in there, messing up the whole scripture, making it heretical, making it null and void, throw the whole Bible out. Even the person who wrote the Bible, wrote their version of that Bible said, take this out. I didn't put that in there. You take that out. And they was like, no. And they stopped crediting him for the Bible. So it's just, it's a whole thing. But <laughs> do not. If you, you add that A in there, it jacks everything up. In the beginning was the word. I'm going to read it slowly. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. So already you saw all this, you know, that long soliloquy that I read, that whole chapter that I read. All of those things came through the word. Now, one way you can look at it is God spoke those things and, um, and the word was the thing that created it. Yes, but the word, the word, <laughs> the word, word is capitalized. So it's saying less about a thing and more about a person. So 
surprise, surprise, guess who the word is? We said that we were going to talk about Jesus. Guess who the word is? That's right. Jesus is the word. In the beginning was, so wherever you see word, just you just insert Jesus, and that's what it is. So we'll read this like this. In the beginning was Jesus, and, the, and Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Verse 4, in him was life. There's so much to break down. I'm going to go back over it. I'm trying to contain myself. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So, there's so much to say. Oh, my goodness. So, John is already making his claim that let's get let's cut right to the quick. Jesus is God, point blank period. But John is also saying something that Jews and Gentiles alike would both understand, but from two very different perspectives. So again, know that this was written in the Greek. Know that there's two different so the way that um Jews um will look at the word is not when they hear, when they see word, because they have their understanding of what word means. And the way that Gentiles will look at the word is different from what, how, how Jews would look at it. So it's in, in to anybody that doesn't know a Gentile is anybody that's not a Jew. If you're not Jewish, you're a Gentile point blank period. Um, so it's, it's like this. Um, so for Jews, the word meant the revelation of God. So prior to Jesus being being Jesus and prior to the word becoming Jesus, they had this understanding that when like it was this thing of reverence that whenever they would hear the word, they knew that it meant the revelation of God. So that was their understanding of it. And for Gentiles, and especially in Rome, where all this stuff is, you know, like, where, so if you're reading it in the Greek and all of this type of stuff, you have the understanding that um, the word meant the great reason or the great force. So it was a great force. So if you could read it a little bit differently. In the beginning was the great force or in the beginning was the great revelation or the revelation of God. You know what I mean? So the revelation of God created heaven and earth or the the great force or the great reason created heaven and earth. Um, so therefore, um, so they had different understandings, but coming to the same conclusion that this great being created these things. So that it's coming from this from two different worlds to create understanding in both worlds. Um so in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. Mm. Okay. So, um, but also you now have this understanding that, so yes, to us, what is, so like, let's, let me back up. So who is the word? God is the word. God is the word. The word is God. The word was God. The word is God. Why is the word God because it's eternal before time. It coexists with God. Its nature is divine. So it is God because it's already coexisting with God, but it goes forth to say, and like, it doesn't just live with me because then it would make it poly. This would, it would generate a polytheistic view of who God is. It's like, no, 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 no. It's the same thing. It, it, it coexists with me, but it, at the same time, it is me. So in essence, the word is the perfect expression. So the, the word is the perfect expression of what is in God's heart and mind. So Jesus, at the, the, the incarnation of God, which who we know as Jesus Christ, is the mind and heart of God. So out of the depths of the heart, the mouth speaks. So Jesus is the, is what God thinks and what, and what God feels. That is Jesus. It is Jesus in the flesh. That is what Jesus is. God's mind and heart is Jesus Christ. So God's love is actually Jesus walking, living and breathing amongst men. 
Beautiful. Let's continue. Verse 4. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Like, what is it? I've, I've always struggled with that, but mm, getting ahead of myself. Let's Let's break this down. Verse 4. In him was life. And the life was the light of men. Okay, so check this out. Check this out. Life. What is life? Life is the essence of God. In him was the essence of God. Life is the essence of God. So you, if, you know, like, so we live and we breathe and we, so mm, let's back up. When God created Adam, he breathed, he created Adam from dust and he breathed into Adam's nostrils. What did he breathe? He breathed into Adam life. He breathed into Adam, his essence. So in him was life. In him was, is the essence of God. All right. So life and light, let's break down life and light. So light. Light is the truth of God. So in him was life, the essence of God. In him in him was life and light. The, in him was the essence of God and the truth of God. Jesus is life bringing light into the world. It's like, period. Man, like, my goodness. Like, it's so deep. It's so sickening. <laughs> Here's the part that I, I didn't understand for the longest. The light. Verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So, so what does it mean to what what does it mean for the darkness not to comprehend it? The darkness never overcame the light. If you know anything about light and the science of light, you know that wherever light exists, darkness cannot be. You've never seen darkness overtake light. You've only seen light overtake darkness. You've never seen it the other way around. Wherever light is, darkness cannot be. You ever see, you ever see like where, wherever a little light is, like you see light under a, under a door or doorway, like it will brighten that thing up wherever it is. So it, 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 it comprehended it not. Like, so it was like, I, I never figured out if I'm darkness, I never figured out how to defeat life. I never figured out how to get over on light. Light will always consume darkness. Deeper, different, different time, different place. But it is time and place. It's right now. Jesus is the light of the world. Um, so yeah, moving on. Phew. I'm reading from my Bible app. Phew. The light shines. So before the beginning of time, before earth began, Jesus was the word. Well, already we're figuring out who Jesus is. Jesus was the word. He was with God. He was God. And he was in the beginning with God. Um, he created everything. He was, in him was the essence of God. And in him, in the life, in the life was the light of men. In him was the life, in the, in, in, in the life of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Verse 6. Verse 6, we get into John the Baptist, and I think, I, I want, I'll, I'll come back to John. I'll, I'll, read, I'll read it, but I'll, I'll come back to John. Um, John is a four, real quick, John is a forerunner uh, for Jesus. So John, John is the guy that was saying, look, I am the voice who cries out in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the of the Lord. So they were like, are you the Messiah? Are you the word? He's like, no, I'm not the Messiah. No, I'm not the word. I'm the voice. I'm the voice for the word. <laughs> I am I'm the one who says, prepare ye the way of the Lord. It, it was foretold that John would come. John had the spirit of Elijah. And, you know, scriptures say, again, which is why you can't just do away with the Old Testament. It talks about how Elijah will come again. John came in the, in the spirit of Elisha. Again, I'll break it down. John came in the spirit of Elisha. Just, you know, just was in this whole spirit of prepare ye the way of the Lord. Um, so I'll read verse six. I'll get over it. But um, I don't I don't like reading over scripture, so um, or glossing over scripture. Um, verse six: There came a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light. So again, Jesus is the light, so that all might believe through him. 
He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. Um, verse 9, there was the true light which, come, which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Again, you go back to verse 1. And the world did not know him. He came to his own, and those who were his own did not receive him. So again, Jesus came into the world... And you can go back to verse four, I guess, where or verse five, wherever it was saying, and the darkness comprehended it not. You know, like not only didn't the darkness comprehend him, neither did the people that he came to save. <laughs> A lot of them didn't know who he was. He came into his own own meaning. It wasn't like just my like just like like my family. They're they're my own. They're my people. But not like that. It was he came on in this like translated, translated into the Greek, own meant his own possessions, things that he created, things that he already owned. Like I created you, and you don't even receive me for who I am. Got to be a crazy feeling. Got to be a crazy thought. Probably like your kid not owning you and acknowledging you might be, might be a little. Something of that, but just imagine a whole nation not receiving you. Um, yeah, yeah, where am I? Um, blah, 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 blah. yeah, so John is testifying about Jesus before Jesus even comes, before Jesus even does what he does. Verse 11 He came into his own, and those who were his own did not receive him, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Even to those who believe in his name. This is the gospel right here. Verse 12 is the gospel in a nutshell. Verse 12 is the gospel in a verse. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. Now, some people, they might be saying, oh, well, I'm already a child of God. We're all children of God. You might be a child of God through creation, but you're not a child of God through faith. So there's a different thing. I created you, but the Bible also talks about, like, you are not of me. You are of your father, the devil. You So... Which is what, like, if, if we were all God's children from in the spirit, then there would be no reason for Jesus to come and die on the cross because we're already children. We're already saved, but that's not the case. Yes, I created you, but the way that you live, the way that you move, your thoughts, your mindset, all of these things, you are acting like you are acting like the father of this world and not the father of, of, of heaven. Um, so. We got to receive him. That's super important. But as many as received him to them, he gave, this is the good news to him, to them, he gave the right to become children of God. I loved, I love the word right. It is our right to become children of God. If we believe in him and not just believe like, oh, I acknowledge that Jesus is God. I acknowledge that. I acknowledge that God came to die for my sins. Like, no, to put your weight on him, to put your faith in him. That's what faith means. It doesn't just mean like, oh, I, I, I acknowledge. It's no, like, no, I believe. I believe in him to be my salvation. Um, uh, again, verse 12, sorry. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name. And that's super deep, can't get into it today. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, right there, verse 13, what I was just saying. You have to be born of God. And you'll see it over again. You'll see it again later in a, a few chapters over where Jesus talks to Nicodemus and he says, he's like, yo, what do I, what am I supposed to do to be born? To, to, what what do I got to do to be saved? He's like, yo, you got to be born again. And he was like, how do I be born again? I can't go back into my mother's womb and da, 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 da. He's like, look, you, you born of the flesh. You have to be born again of the spirit. Um, We'll get into that. Verse 14. Um, and the word became flesh. Now Jesus is, now the word is wrapping himself up in man's clothes and becoming Jesus. Uh, okay. Um, in verse 14. And so like, again, it might be a little hard to grasp, but understand this. Um, Jesus wasn't always Jesus, but Jesus was always God. So Jesus was the word. 
and he is the word. He currently is the word. Um, he always was the word, but he wasn't always Jesus. He, God made himself Jesus. Okay, so he was always around, always around. Always, he was. We just read that in chapter 1. So, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory as of the only begotten of the Father. Jesus was full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying that he was, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. Verse 16, for of his fullness we have all received in grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. What did I tell you? For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth. And this is the first time you're seeing his name in this chapter, in this book. You don't see it until verse 14. You don't see his earthly name until verse 17. All the way up until now, you knew him as the word. Verse 17, here it is. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. So deep for the law was given through Moses, Moses, Moses gave us the law, like the 10 commandments, plus all those other 600 plus laws that they were to follow. Um, And Jesus comes through with grace and with truth for the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Verse 18. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the father. He has explained him. Verse 19. This is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent to him the priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? And he confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. This is John the Baptist, not John, one of Jesus' disciples, who we assume wrote this book. Um, it is widely, widely agreed upon that he wrote the book. Um They asked him, what then? Are you Elijah? Remember, I just said that. And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, no. Um, But later on, you find out that actually, even though he wasn't Elijah in the flesh, he was the Elijah that um, that the scriptures were talking about. So. Mm, this is again it's a prophecy jesus is the fulfillment of prophecies so when it's talking about they asked him this they asked him that it's the pharisees the pharisees are coming to john the baptist right now the one who's foretelling about jesus and they come to him and they're like look you're doing all this baptizing you're doing all of this preaching and you talking about prepare you the way of the lord are you the messiah and John is like, no. So there were around this time, there were a lot of people that were proclaiming to be Jesus. If you wanted a crowd, not Jesus, sorry. They were claiming to be the Messiah. Messiah meaning the chosen one. The Jews were widely believing in this um, this savior of sorts. Not the one who came, but the one that they thought would come. They thought that he would come in like adorning like they, they were expecting a king, which Jesus is, but they were expecting a king in what this earthly view of what a king is. So they were expecting Jesus to come like, yeah, I came to to do away with these, this government stuff and to free y'all from the government and this, that, and the third. And we'll, we will set up this establishment on earth and all of this type of stuff. And we'll be free. Da, 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 da. And Jesus came a whole different way. He came in a manger. He was raised in the hood, raised in Nazareth. You'll see later. They were like, look, Jesus came from Nazareth. Then I'm like, look, can anything come from Nazareth? Anything good come from Nazareth? I'm here to tell you the only thing good came from Nazareth. And so, you know, so they're, they're questioning John. Like, look, again, like they're kind of like religious police, not even kind of. They're the religious police. And they're like, look, hey, man, like, you know, move it, move it along. Like, <laughs> You know, like, tell us that you think that you're the Messiah so that we could take you to jail or so that we could persecute you somehow. He's like, nope, I'm not the Messiah. Nope, I'm not um, Elijah. I'm just a voice crying out in the wilderness. Prepare you the way of the Lord. Right. 
So it's important because the Pharisees play, the Pharisees and the Sadducees play a really important part in this book. Um, okay. And he answered, no. Then verse 22, then they said to him, who are you? So that we may give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as Isaiah the prophet said. So he's quoting Isaiah right after right after they asked him, was he Elijah? Like, no, he's again, I'm, I'm fulfilling scripture right here. Um, verse 24. Now they have been sent from the Pharisees. See, the Pharisees sent them. Verse 25. They asked him and said to him, why then are you baptizing if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? John answered them, saying, I baptize in water, but among you stands one whom you do not know. So he's referring to who we know as Jesus. One is capitalized. It is he who comes after me, the thong of whose sandal I am not worthy to untie. In layman's terms, in today's terms, I'm not worthy to tie this guy's shoes. Um, I mean, that was low-hanging fruit. Y'all got that. I'm sorry. <laughs> Verse 28. These things took place in Bethany beyond the Jordan where John was baptizing. John was baptizing in water where you should baptize. Verse 29. The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Son, excuse me, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he's exclaiming to this, these crowds of people because... Baptism was a to-do, you know, um, and we'll get into baptism another time, what it symbolizes. Um, um, but it was prophesied that, you know, whomever, um, whomever, whomever the Messiah was, a dove would ascend upon his head after he got baptized. So, um, yeah, another time. Verse 30. This is he on behalf of whom I said, after me comes a man who has a higher rank than I. He's like, like I told y'all before or earlier in this chapter, <laughs> um, there's one that's coming who's higher than me for he existed before me. Verse 31, I did not recognize him, but so that he might be manifested to Israel. I came baptizing in water. So he's like, in order for him to, to be manifested, in order for me to know who he is. I had to baptize in water so that what is happening right now would happen. Back up. When John said that he didn't know Jesus or that he didn't recognize him. If you don't know this, John actually is Jesus's second cousin. So they knew each other. They would go to festivals together. They were his mom and his mom. They were close. They, you know, like when, when, when his mom was pregnant with him, Mary came to her and was like, look, I'm with child and he's the Christ. John was kicking in his mother's womb. So they were cool. John knew who he was. He didn't know that he was the Messiah. <laughs> so John knew who he, who he was. Um, physically, he didn't know who he was from. He didn't know that he was Jesus the Christ. He knew that he was Jesus. He just didn't know that he was Jesus the God man. All right. Um, uh, verse 33, I did not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize in water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending spirit in this term, meaning like a dove symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Okay. So keep that in mind, which is why you see doves on cars and stuff like that. It symbolizes the Holy Spirit. Um, I do not recognize him, but he who sent me to baptize and water said to me, he upon whom you see the spirit descending and remaining upon him. This is the one who baptizes in the Holy Spirit. I myself have seen and have testified that this is the son of God. Verse 35. Again, the next day, John was standing with two of his disciples and he looked at Jesus as he walked and said, behold, <laughs> The Lamb of God, the two disciples. So Jesus, just, John, just sees Jesus just kicking it with two of, of his followers, and he's like, "Look, y'all, there you go, there go Jesus, there go the Messiah." <laughs> and you know, of course, people watch. Verse thirty-seven: The two disciples heard him speak, and they followed Jesus. And Jesus turned and saw them following, and said to them, "What do you seek?" 
They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and you will see. So they came and saw where he was staying and they stayed with him that day for it was about the 10th hour, about 10 o'clock. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. So Jesus is starting to gather up his disciples now. You're starting to see people follow Jesus. And Jesus is like, yeah, come kick it. So you never see Jesus turn people away. You'll never see Jesus turn people away. Like it's always their own decision to turn away. He never goes like, yo, bounce. You can't follow me. It's always their own decision. Keep that in mind. Verse 41. He found first his own brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which translated means Christ. He brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, the son of John. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. The next day, he he purposed to go into Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. He just straight up just tells Philip to follow him. Everybody, if you notice this, everyone starts following Jesus differently they they they, he meets them in different circumstances in one way or another they begin to follow him not everybody let me not say everybody some people don't follow jesus but those who would follow him he didn't just they never just came in the same way now philip was from Bethsaida of the city of andrew and peter so they were from the same city all, all three of them, Philip, Andrew, and Peter were from the same city. Philip found Nathaniel and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Now, this Joseph thing is, is much deeper than what people would like. You just see Joseph in the beginning of Jesus' life and you just never hear about him again. It is it's super pivotal to just how Jesus can relate to certain people. We'll get into that another time. Nathaniel said to him, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, come and see. <laughs> Jesus saw Nathaniel coming to him and said to him, behold, an Israelite indeed in whom there is no deceit. Nathaniel said to him, how do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. So Nathaniel was by himself, or so he thought, in the fig tree. You know what I mean? It's under the fig tree. So verse 49, Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. So already Nathaniel is like, look, I'm sold. <laughs> I'm sold. I'm ready to go. Jesus answered him. And said to him, because I said to you that I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see the heavens opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the man of on the son of man. He's like, fam, you believe off of that? Just because I said I saw you under the fig tree? Stick around. You'll see a whole lot more. You ain't seen nothing yet. And neither have you guys. Um, But we will end here on today. Um, Next episode, we will delve into chapter 2 and chapter 3. Thank you for being with me. And I hope that you got so much out of this. Um, Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. It's going to be a long journey, but we will get through it. It is for better understanding. And, uh, yeah, I just hope that... Let's pray. (laughs) Father, we thank you for the reading and hearing of your word. We thank you for revealing yourself to us through your scriptures, mainly and also in our everyday. We ask that um, we take what we learned here in this time and that somehow we may be able to apply it. Don't let it leave us. Let it just stick with us from now, hence and forevermore. Um, We love and we glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, guys, see you guys soon. Please like and subscribe if you have not. 
Um, please share this with someone if you have not. This is going to be a super fun series. It's going to be a very hilarious series because Jesus to me is the funniest dude ever. Um, and um, now it's time to do away with those excuses of, I don't know, no one's ever taught me this, that, and the third. Here we are. I'm willing to go through chapter 1 through 21 with you guys. Um, whatever the end of the book is and so there it is um i'll see you guys next week or whenever i drop one it won't it will be within a week's time trust and believe that that's for sure i'm committed to this um so thanks for listening and i pray this helps peace tell me who's the man know what i'm saying we run around here trying to prove who's the man who can pull the most females who can hold the most weight Talk the most dope. Can God come down here <laughs> and be that set our own game? You tell me who's the man. Are you still the Lord God.